This is Eric. And this is Tess. And you're listening to Same Team, y'all. about this is well we can be deep here i spend a lot of time thinking about like if i'm a good person or not and something i always fall on is i literally have a podcast <laughs> trying to make people feel better and i go well you can't be that terrible <laughs> you can't be that terrible eric if you've got if you do that podcast you know it's like he'll just drop like 10k on somebody just to see their reaction i don't know where he's getting this money and I'm just, I, I'm just watching with my mouth just like hanging open because I'm like, how do you do that? Like, I can't imagine even having 10K. Well, what it is, he's got... Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll be your neighbor. Yeah. Every morning I'm going to wake up. Don't say that you're going to come rub Brett's feet because I kind of creeped him out. Did it? <laughs> I just, I love this uh, candidate scorecard. I just thought it presented a, uh, a exciting um, possible future in voting where you just vote based on issues and not political party. Fistful of quarters, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know? Did you? What do you think of the documentary? I think it was called. I thought it was called King of Kong. Oh, it's King of Kong: Colon Fistful of oh, Quarters. Okay. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked the documentary. I thought it was really cool. And they set I up. I kind of felt bad for the guy because I there was like one guy. It's who, Billy Mitchell and Steve Weeb, I think it yeah, is, or something like that. I feel like um, the one guy was like very clearly an underdog, and the other guy was very clearly like the favorite. And I felt like he had the favorite guy had kind of more um, I don't know support. And you talk about Billy Mitchell with the long, beautiful hair, yes, right? Yeah. Do you want me to give you an update? Billy Mitchell's a lot of his records have been revoked recently. Whoa. Yeah, this is a big deal. Yeah, within I would say recently within the past couple months. So what happened? This is insane. So back in this is you ready for this? I'm ready. So for back this. in the days, you would submit your VHS tape of your playthroughs yes. to the place. You know, you just yes. you know you watch this and to Twin Galaxy, which was like their version of um, Guinness World Records gotcha. at the time for video games. And anyway, I don't know what spurred this um i don't know if there were allegations or something but people went back and reviewed those tapes and when you slowed them down oh. like very slow you know how like to us when we're looking at a tv it's solid lines but in real life or like to the tv it's actually shooting light yes. lights across when they slowed it down the lights were going in the wrong direction which means that his playthroughs weren't on a arcade system or a home console, they were on a computer system, which if they're on a computer system means you could do anything to the code to alter it. Not to say that he did, but to say that he wasn't playing on the thing he said they were playing and they revoked. I don't know how many of his records, man, but wow. Billy Mitchell was the guy who was like, he would come in and he'd be like, put your quarters away. Billy Mitchell's here. Yeah. Right? Oh my goodness. Right?
Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I've been uh, learning quite a bit about, um, I guess, sort of competitive gaming in a way because Brett likes... I'm so happy to hear this. Brett likes to watch um, Twitch channels... Of this particular guy. Have you heard of this guy, Dr. Disrespect? No. All right. So I have not guy, heard of uh, doc, uh, Disrespect PhD. He um, he plays uh, he plays Fortnite and he plays PUBG and he plays... Oh, the one that he plays all the time. I'm forgetting what the title of the game is. Brett's going to be so mad at me. It's a shoot 'em up game. Um, is it one that came out recently? No, but it's they're all these kind of battle royale games yeah. where the and they're trying to be number one. Is it Black Ops? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because as far as yeah, there's only like as as far as I know, like PUBG, Fortnite, and then Black Ops Blackout Mode that's just the, came out recently. That's yeah. the main one. Black Ops Three well, or something. I think he used to play. It's amazing how much I know about Doctor Disrespect now. I think he used to play PUBG almost exclusively, and now he plays Black Ops almost exclusively. I actually was thinking of picking it up actually, but he's he's very good at the game, um, which I kind of started to have more of a respect for people who play games because I was like, whatever, he plays a game, he plays it all day, like what is the big deal? But then I was thinking like you actually do have to be pretty talented to have that kind of hand-to-eye coordination and stuff like it actually does take a a, now I don't know if it should be like a sport you know what I mean because like some people treat it like it's the, the darn Olympics and I don't know if it's really that amazing but I mean, these guys are very talented, these guys who play these games competitively. But anyway, Dr. Disrespect, he has a, kind of an added bonus to his channel, which is that he dresses up and kind of presents himself as almost like a WWF villain That's type. That's like Well, he's, he, got, he's being the heel, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. and he, Especially if he's playing it that way. That way, when he is being disrespectful, you know he's doing the bit, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know why I got on this topic. Well, we were talking, <laughs> we were talking about video games or something. Yeah, we were talking about video Donkey Kong, because remember Kong. I was like, okay, like Donkey Kong, <laughs> so weird. I do want to say before we start the show, like officially, uh, that yeah, I I need I see what you mean about Have like we unofficially started the show. Well, or? we're recording, oh, okay. but we haven't introduced ourselves yet. Right. You know what I'm saying? The, maybe we should. Here, let's do that real quick. Hi, my name's Eric. <laughs> my name is Tess. And you guys are listening to Same Team, y'all. It's a podcast where two librarian best friends talk about stuff that we love, tell some library and life lessons we've learned along the way. Anyway, so I was going to tell you yeah, yeah. that the thing, like, I see where you're coming from, like, maybe it's not a sport because we associate sports as, like, physical things, right. right? But, I mean, I don't know. To me, I'm not into physical sports, but it's, like, the complexities of, like, football are there, just like the complexities of, I don't know, timing certain button presses are there, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Brett was, uh, Brett's been watching some, there's this other guy named Shroud, I would say he's better at the games than Doctor Disrespect, but he's not as entertaining because he's not no. doing a character. He's just playing I think the games. when you're having a stream, like the job is to be entertaining. Although right? I will say yeah. I am sort of shocked by like, is it Twitch? This is where you stream the games. I'm shocked yeah. by some people because you can donate to people mm-hmm. on Twitch, and there, people donate. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Well, and at like thousands of dollars. There's this guy named Mr. Beast who donates like 
he'll just drop like 10k on somebody just to see their reaction i don't know where he's getting this money and i'm just i'm just watching with my mouth just like hanging open because i'm like how do you do that like i can't imagine even having 10k well what it is he's got ten thousand dollars of disposable income you know yeah it's an interesting more than that because he's doing it all the time it's interesting because it's it's like a form it's it's People that are not just on Twitch, but YouTube too, like content creators, yes, right? They're yes. being entertaining, but they're not being picked for it, right? So right. if there's someone that you really enjoy, like I, I kind of understand why some podcasts start a Patreon account. Yeah. Because we've talked about this before. Like it, the mic costs money and our time is valuable yeah. and stuff like that. We'll never do it for our listeners. But um, we say that now. We always talk about, <laughs> you know. But I mean, it's one of those if you do enjoy what you're getting – and you're getting it for free, you know. Ten thousand dollars is a lot, but I mean. And then there are some people who stream just their lives. Yes. Have you gotten into this? Like, I didn't realize this is a thing. There's just people who are out walking around and they stream their lives, and people can donate to them. And then sometimes the donations take the form of this like speech to text. And so, like, as they're out and about, people are talking to like people who are watching them are literally talking to them via like speech to text and. They're just out in the world, like, living their lives. And I'm just like, this is blowing my mind that this exists. I had no idea that anyone would be interested in watching some dude live his life. Like, I don't know. And, I think and, it's... And, and, and donating money so that they can talk to him while he's out and about. Like, and a lot of times it's humorous. Like, for, like, the videos that Brett watches are funny, like... Like, there's a guy getting his hair cut and someone donates so that they can say that the stylist is really cute or something. And so now he's embarrassed because he's... It's like an impractical joke, yeah, but in real life. Yeah, exactly. Now, some of them get even more, like, R-rated than that. Um, <laughs> but, like, I was just so shocked by this whole phenomenon. I had no idea that this existed. It's a big thing. I, I, I think it's really interesting because it's like if I'm sitting at the airport and I see someone walk by, right? We That's a little snapshot of someone's life. But if I get on Twitch or whatever, you get a little bit more than a snapshot, right? <laughs> yeah, it depends on yes. how depends on how interested you are, you know? Yeah. Did you anticipate we would start this episode this way, Tess? No, I didn't. No, I didn't either. <laughs> so interesting. The um I am uh would you like to talk about our quote of the week? I would love yeah, to. Yeah. Now this uh listeners, this was my week, so this one will be new to Miss Tess. And I, this actually goes on for a while, so I'm going to stop it a little bit. And once the actual quote is done. Oh, I should also say that this is a quote. <laughs> this is first for us. It's a quote. Someone is quoting someone else in this oh, one. So because the original. Quote within a quote. Yeah, yeah. And it's all going to be laid out. So here, let me start. I want to open by quoting uh, Einstein's wonderful statement, just so people will feel at ease that the great scientist of the 20th century also agrees with us and also calls us to this action. He, he said, a human being is a part of the whole called by us universe, a part limited in time and space. He experiences himself, his thoughts and feelings as something separated from the rest, a kind of optical delusion of his consciousness, that separation. This delusion is a kind of prison for us restricting us to our personal desires and to affection for a few persons nearest to us. Our task must be to free ourselves from this prison by widening our circle of compassion, to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature in its beauty. Wow. Yeah, now, so this is actually, I, the actual person reading that is Robert Thurman 
from a, a TED talk he did recently. I had to find someone who quoted him because Einstein didn't write. He didn't. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't make YouTube videos. He, he didn't make YouTube videos back <laughs> he wasn't then. A, he wasn't that kind of a content creator. Yeah, but I mean, how crazy, how amazing of a quote is that? Right. I like that a yeah. lot. The optical delusion. The optical delusion. Well, what it is is with our eyes, we see that person is over there, so they are a separate person. But we all know that the things that person says, the things we say and the things we do affect each other, right? Yeah. So, like, just because we're separate people, you know, I mean, some, maybe Twitch is on to something. I was just about to say, yeah, it's yeah. so weird that we started yeah, talking yeah. about Twitch and now we're having this conversation. Yeah, I, I <laughs> should mention, and and listeners, we each, we appreciate each and every one of you guys. Sorry if I breeze through our intro real quick because I wanted to keep our conversation going, but I should mention... Tess, why do we do this podcast? Well, we do it because... To uh, widen our circle of compassion, maybe, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in a way, we uh, we started this podcast because we both wanted to make the world a better place, and um, it's hard to do. Uh, the, all you can do is what you can do, you know? Yeah. And uh, we could make a podcast about how we feel like everybody's on the same team Ultimately, yeah. you know, there's a lot of division in the world, but ultimately, we're all in this together. I think too is that it's easy to well. So I've had to test. This is a production talk a little bit. Oh, okay. Our our what's the official mandate of this? The goal is to usher in the second era of good. Feelings. The second era of good feelings, which boy, <laughs> lofty goal, right? But I've done a lot of thinking about this lately. Especially when I'm listing things that we can do <laughs> and things that we can't do, right? And if you're a new listener, you know, we often have a segment called Life Lessons where we talk about things that we've kind of discovered on our own or we've learned and, and things that we would like to share with you. And I think that if this podcast, all it does is help you and I, Tess, and, and hopefully our listeners, cope with the world we live in, then that's... I think that's enough, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the thing right there. Now, do, will that one day lead to a second era of good feelings? I don't know. At least maybe just for the two of us yeah. and the people who listen to us. I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, your world is your perception. And it just dawned on me that, like, really, if we set out, like, we want to, like, I mean, it, you know, we, we don't like to dwell too much in specifics on this cast because then it's easy to go down that dark path. But if you go on Twitter or open up the news or, or poke your head out a window, it can, can seem really rough. And I think if, if we realize that just by, just by being here and doing this now, uh, um, uh, we've done it. Let's cling to it, you know? I spend a lot of time thinking about this is well, we can be deep here. I spend a lot of time thinking about like if I'm a good person or not. And something I always fall on is I literally have a podcast <laughs> trying to make people feel better. And I go, Well, you can't be that terrible. <laughs> you can't be that terrible, Eric, if you've got if you do that podcast, That's you know? True. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tess, do you want to talk about some stuff that you're loving? I think we should talk about some stuff that we are loving. Because, as we often say, if you look for stuff that you're loving, you're more likely to see stuff that you love as opposed to stuff that you hate. This is the stuff that we love. We love! This is the stuff that we love. We love it so much. This is the stuff that we love. Very nice. Did you want to go first or should I? 
Why you don't you go first? I'll go first. Um, I had mentioned earlier before, before uh, Tess and I were talking before we were recording. And so today I've got a house showing. Oh, so, yes. You're uh, selling your home. I am selling my home. I'm hopefully selling my home. Who knows? Maybe by the end of this day I might maybe. have an offer. That'd be really nice. Uh, we just put it on the market earlier this – wait, today is Sunday. So earlier last week, like around Tuesday or so – and um, the thing that I'm loving is before you show your house, you know what you need to do. Get it all nice. You need and clean. to clean that house up. So we spent Make it la- presentable. We yeah, last weekend we we moved a lot of stuff to our new place, and uh, we cleaned up our house a lot uh, more than vacuuming, but like I don't know what's called like a chair rail and what are those things yeah, called baseboards yeah. and mm-hmm. you know things I never really think about. Wiped all the dust off them, or like our closets have like I don't know what it's called on the doors, but like they're like. Square like it, so yes, you know how I know what you're the door looks about. like a Hershey Hershey chocolate bar, yeah. like those squares, little bits of dust end up on there. So we were washing and cleaning everywhere in these little nooks and crannies that I don't think we've done once since we've moved into the house, you know, five or six years ago. And we finished cleaning. It was a lot of hard work. Tess or Amanda and I were both really tired at the end of the day, but now the house looks like how when we moved into it, right? And uh, uh, the thing I'm loving is basically it was hard work, but now the house is gorgeous. And part of me was saying, and it's so funny too because we've <laughs> You're done. Like I wish we were. Thank saying. you. I was like, why didn't I? So there are other things too. Like we went ahead and we restained the deck, and there's like a an area of the house like below the siding, but before you get to the ground, like mm-hmm. at that concrete part, we repainted, and or we had someone repaint, and um, there was a bit of plaster by a stair, like on the wall that had a crack in it. We fixed that, and part of me was like. Why don't I do all these things when I lived? I could have lived in this gorgeous house. Not that it wasn't gorgeous before, but you know what I mean? And, and all our toilets are clean and it's really nice. And uh, uh, anyway, um, we've got a showing at one. That's why I was like, I'm looking at Yeah, you're looking okay. at your clock right yeah. now. Yeah. I think and, we're okay. Yeah, I think we're okay. And um, anyway, stuff that I'm loving, getting a nice clean home. And hopefully, stuff I'm loving is selling my house. We'll see. I keep telling Amanda, I said, hopefully we have more showings. But she said, all you need. Is one. That's All you need true. is one showing. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll be your neighbor. Yeah. Every morning I'm going to wake up. Don't say that you're going to come rub Brett's feet because that kind of creeped him out. Did it? Well, no, I'm not going to rub his feet. I'm going to come over to your house and I'm going to sneak in through a window and I'm going to sneak up. Oh, no. I'm going to sneak right up next to Brett's ear. Do you know what I'm going to say, right? You're going to say moist boys. I'm going to sneak right up to Brett's ear and I'm going to say moist boys. <laughs> and that's the stuff that I'm loving. What do you love in Miss Tess? Um, uh, speaking of Brett, um, he has introduced me to a new genre of art. Well, I don't know if the genre is this twitching is or is this another thing? This is another thing, but it kind of started with the twitching. <laughs> the twitching. I don't know if twitching is a verb. <laughs> it started with twitching, and then it started with itching. Well, so Brett, like I said, he he listens to he likes to watch the uh, the Doctor Disrespect mm-hmm. on the Twitch, and Doctor Disrespect does a lot of entertaining things. Also, where he um, he makes these videos and he edits them and he puts in music. And Brett was really digging this guy's music that he had in the videos, and he started to kind of go more into it. And he realized there's this whole genre of of not just music, but art in general called Retrowave. Yeah. Oh, you know about mm-hmm. this. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I was unaware of this movement, so it's new to me. It's not a new movement, but it's new to me. Um, and kind of the whole point of Retrowave is to like bring everything back to the 1980s. And uh, so the like the music is very um, synth heavy with this uh, uh, synthesizer keyboards and stuff like that. And then and the art has lots of like bright neon colors and um, it often features uh, sports cars, 80s era sports neon, cars. Neon, there's a lot yeah. of neon involved. Exactly. And, um, and uh, so I didn't know much about this. The music in particular, I've been really interested in. Now, at first, Brett and I were sharing this and then he kind of got a little possessive of it. So hopefully he doesn't mind me talking about it on the podcast because he was like, this is like, this is my music. <laughs> But um, in particular, I've been loving the music of a of a musical group slash artist, not sure, uh, called Time Cop 1983. Okay. And then another group called Gunship. Um, and they both make this like synth wave retro. Where are you guys listening to it? Music. On? Well, we we deep dived into YouTube. Mm-hmm. That's and, where I found it. Too. Yeah, and then um, but you can get the music on iTunes. Yeah. You can find the music other places. But I will tweet out a few of my fave retro wave songs that I've been digging nice. yeah. on it to onto our Twitter feed, um, which is at same team, y'all. If you want to follow us huh. and see that. Um, and, and we always do say, because we have some friends that are just not on Twitter, and we always say, good for you, my yeah, friend. Yeah, that's you know? totally fair. I totally get it. But you yeah, if you do want to follow us at same team, y'all, that's yeah. what we'll be. You don't need to expose yourself to Twitter if you don't want to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but we are on there. You, if You could just follow us, and then know, you'd be okay. I think it was um, <laughs> our listener, Harris. Yeah. You know, who who was the winner, one of the winners of the What Are You Loving uh-huh. Same Team Y'all contest. I went and clicked on there because they're following us. Yeah, I think we're the only person they we they follow. Well, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, like they, they cr- <laughs> created the account and they were like, "I'm just doing it just to support you guys." Which, by the way, Harris, thank you we so really much. Appreciate that. Yeah, but I mean, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you'll make sure that you only get positive content that way. Um, but uh, I there's there's kind of another thing going on with Brett and the retro wave. Um, and again, hopefully he doesn't mind me talking about this. I do think that Brett in particular, and a lot of people, and the reason why this is popular, so probably so popular, is I think a lot of people like Brett are kind of nostalgic for that 1980s era. Yeah. And I was really thinking about it. Like, why are we so nostalgic for that era? And I'm, I think it was like a simpler time. It was before the internet got very popular um, cause I would say like the internet didn't really start to explode until like the 1990s, early 2000s. And nowadays it was definitely nothing like it is nowadays yeah. with like the social media and you're always on your phone. It was a simpler time. If you needed to call someone, you had to use an yeah. actual phone and, uh, you, you know, we talked to people in person and we didn't know everything about everybody cause they weren't tweeting all of the freaking time. So like. You know, like the the Ronald Reagan didn't have a Twitter account. Like we didn't know what he was thinking of absolutely everything, and the world was a little simpler place back then. You know, and um, 
and and so I think I think it's kind of this like yearning for like a time and also perhaps a more hopeful time. Like if you notice all of the science fiction that you can tell I've thought a lot about yeah, this. Yeah, I appreciate that. All of the science fiction that was a lot of science fiction that and fantasy that came out in the 1980s was super hopeful yeah. about like the whereas future, yeah, where we're going, yeah. Yeah, how things are going to be so much greater in the future. Whereas like I feel like nowadays when we create science fiction and fantasy, there's so much dystopia. Like like that has become the trend of like uh oh, we're clearly headed in the wrong direction, you guys. Whereas I feel like in the 1980s people were like everything's uh, we're just going on up from here, you guys. Like the hair is big yeah. and our dreams are big and our cars are amazing looking and uh, and look at this bright neon guitar that I have. <laughs> I um I see where you're coming from. I uh I don't know. I I see things. I think it was simpler, as in the internet wasn't around, right? And yeah. we didn't have to deal with tweets and necessarily not just tweeting and and not just social media, but not a constant deluge of news information. Right. But I mean, I would make the argument that every time period has its strife, right? Oh, 1980s, you're deep certainly. you're deep in the Cold War. I think too a part of it too is I mean Brett's around our age, right? Yeah. We were kids in the 80s. So we, were. we weren't so necessarily, we have, yeah, you we, know. In addition so, to that, we have nostalgic feelings exactly. about the 90s well, cuz we're thinking about playing with toys. Exactly. And yeah, but I, I watching think cartoons. having said that, I think you do have a really good point specifically when it comes to like the the cuz we're both librarians, the stance of literature, right? Yeah. Like I definitely see that, especially if you look at even like older science fiction like of the like 50s and 60s were zipping off to the moon right you know for the most part and i don't ever want to speak in generalities because you do also have like a uh uh 1984 right? I love, which well, wasn't written then but right. still was portraying that time period i love you know? that you brought that up too because uh uh when i was watching stranger things which is another like heavily nostalgic show about show, yeah. how great the 80s were i was thinking about these kids on their bikes um and how they're just out on their bikes, like, all of the time. And I was thinking, like, man, you know, life was just simpler in the 80s. And then I actually looked up crime statistics. And crime statistics were actually higher in the 1980s than they are now. And so I think about, like, man, what a simpler time when kids could just ride their bikes at night. And then I was thinking, like, actually, a whole lot of kids got kidnapped. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great point. Same thing with seatbelts and stuff. Like, I used to, there was a uh, friend or an older gentleman I was talking with, and he was like, yeah, when I was a kid, I just rode in the back of my dad's truck. Now you can't do that anymore. And he was like, no one ever got hurt. I was like, well, from your perspective, no one ever got hurt. But if you look at the bigger picture, right, like, that doesn't mean just because kids are riding around at night doesn't mean people weren't hit. That just means we didn't, we weren't aware of it, you know? I will say in terms of pop culture... I feel like the 1980s was a uh, very distinctive era and uh, one worth feeling nostalgic about. Like the movies of the 80s, the music of the 80s. It was a special time in everybody's life. I think, yeah. And I think too, if we're, I think you're right. Like if we were to take the lens of pop culture, so not necessarily like world events at the time, right? I think that is interesting because really you've got your original... Your, let's let, if we just use Star Wars as an example, right? Star Wars defeated the Empire, right? <laughs> okay, Star Wars came back, guys. We defeated the Empire, didn't do a lick of change, yeah, right? So interesting. interesting. Not to saying either one's better or worse. We're in a time too where, like, I think for our heroes, um, our heroes aren't always right, mm-hmm. which I think in some ways is a reflection of ourselves. We're not always right, you know. So I don't know. I I, I think that's really uh, interesting. I know I have fond memories for the. 
uh, 80s just because of video games. You yeah. know, the NES and 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 other uh, 8-bit games. My so. uh, my mom said something really sweet um, sort of recently. I was, I was telling her that she should watch the TV show Stranger Things because, well, I really liked it. And I thought she might like it. A lot of people like that show. My mom did not like it. But... <laughs> Previous to her watching an episode and figuring out that she didn't like it, she uh, she was like, "Wow, well, why should I watch a show?" And I said, "Oh, it takes place in the '80s." And she was like, "Oh, that was my favorite decade." And I said, "Why, mom?" Oh. And she said, "Oh, because um, that was um, the decade you were born in. Mm-hmm. I got married and you were born. And why wouldn't I love that decade?" And I thought, "Oh my god, that's really sweet." You just like <laughs> blew my mind in a little bit because that does that mean. And I'm about to say something crazy. Does that mean that the era of 2016 and on is going to be my favorite decade? Because that's when my daughter was born. Maybe. My God. <laughs> I've, I've gotten a whole new perspective of this whole world that we you live in now. You may one day have nostalgic feelings about the year 2016. I, I would say, too, just one more thing, just because we're talking about, like, uh, uh, like strife, right, and different yeah. eras. I was uh, not. I wouldn't consider myself a historian by any stretch of the imagination, but I was a history major. I got my bachelor's in history, and I do know just from taking a lot of history courses and reading a lot of primary sources from different times. No matter what time you go into, it was always better back in the day. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what, I I I guarantee it. You go back to uh, American Revolutionary times; it was always my dad's time and my dad's grandpa time was always better than now. You go to the eighties; it was always better in the seventies. You go to seventies; it was always better in the sixties, depending on your perspective. And I, I think we maybe we do this out of like for like survival reasons or something. I'm not quite sure, but there is a phenomenon of. Um, disregarding bad things, of course, and yeah. and choosing to selectively uh, just remember the good things about anything, about people that you've lost, about um, a lot of people time say periods. parents have that with their kids. Like if they remembered all the <laughs> the bad memories of raising a, a young baby, they would never have another kid again. <laughs> but they remember all the good things, and they're like, "Sure, I don't need to sleep again." You know. <laughs> That's just what I've heard. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, uh, this is all just to say yeah. this is a very philosophical conversation we got into. But uh, retro wave and synth wave music is the stuff I've been loving, and I'm going to tweet out some songs for you guys to listen I to. Legitimately forgot that's where this conversation started. <laughs> What's another thing you're loving, Mr. Eric? I've got to apologize in advance. Uh oh. I'm about to talk about. Yeah. A video game. Okay, that's okay. fine. Now, no I've, apologies. I have tweeted at is our... Is this Wander Yeah, something? Wander okay, song. I'm, I'm excited yeah, to hear yeah. about this. Yeah, so I, I've tweeted at our friends. There's a podcast that we are best best buds with. It's our best friend cast. They're a great cracking bunch of lads. <laughs> um, they're the best friends to the same team y'all cast. They're called Rather Be Playing. It's three... Uh, um, Best friends slash mortal enemies, I haven't decided yet, <laughs> that talk about video games. And the joke is they would rather be playing video games than doing grown-up stuff. Um, anyway, I've tweeted at them several times because I like to try to get my video game love out with them uh, so yeah. that I don't have to <laughs> burden you with the responsibility to listen to me talking about video games. Because I, even though I don't have a lot of time to play games as a, as a as an adult or as a, as a, well, as an adult and as a dad, um, I still very much plugged into video game culture and I like playing them, but I've played this game Wander Song recently that I have no choice 
but to declare stuff that I'm loving. Must T- tell me all about it. I will. I will. And so I played it on the Switch, Nintendo Switch. It might be on other things. And basically, it's a it's a platformer, a light puzzle slash platformer, and you play as a bard. So the only mechanic in the game besides walking, talking, and jumping is you can sing. So your right okay. stick, um, when you move, it brings up a circular wheel. And then as you move your stick, he, he sings, la, 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 la. And you use that simple mechanic in a variety of ways to solve puzzles. But the story is, is you're a young bard who discovers that the world is coming to an end. And basically, he sets out on a quest to... to Save to the world? Prevent this, exactly. Um, it is... The writing is impeccable. The art... I'll tweet this out. The art style is very much like cartoony paper. Like, it looks like everything's kind of made out of, like, craft paper a little bit. Um, but it... The entire game is a metaphor for maintaining your optimism... In times that are trying, which I believe is what this podcast <laughs> is all about, yeah. right? It's the, the very same team the, y'all The game. writing is phenomenal. The The puzzles and the platforming, to be honest, is just what makes it a game. But w- 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 the characters that, that you meet along the way and the bard's interactions with them is what makes this game particularly special. And it was just like... I don't know. It was about 10 hours, maybe a pretty straightforward kind of gameplay. I never, none of the puzzles that I get particularly stuck on, but it was just such an amazing experience. And there's a point too, where, like you said, he sets out to save the world. Minor spoiler, you get a good portion of the way through the game and you discover you're not the hero. Someone else is the hero who is going to save the world. And the way they're going to save the world is a way that without giving spoilers, in case anyone wants to play this game, is a way that you may not agree with. So it's you're in this interesting spot where you are not the hero of this game or of this world, but you want to save the world. And it is it is such a good it basically there's a there's a part two where monsters appear and someone goes, We need to fight them. And the bard goes, No, we need to sing. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and like it, it is I like it too because I, as much as I, I love video games, so I, I sometimes it's a stress reliever. So you get in there and you get your machine gun and you murder, 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 murder. <laughs> I get it. And I'm not against that at all. That's fine. But there's something terribly terribly refreshing about a game where every problem is either solved through dialogue or frankly through singing. There's multiple times where there's a monster who appears in another game you would get a sword out and start lopping its head off. Instead, you, you sing to the monster and you find your way where you realize this monster's only upset because their friend is trapped in a cave or something. Or there's multiple parts where, once again, minor spoiler alert, where there are these bugs that you could easily just walk through and squish them like anyone would. But if you avoid squishing any of the bugs, which is work, but if you avoid them, then they will help you out later in the game. And there's a whole conversation between the bard and the supposed hero about how every life matters. And it's, it's incredibly thought provoking. And I've been playing video games my whole life and I haven't quite played a game like this. I think the whole thing was put together just by three um, friends. It started as a Kickstarter project and it just came out just last month. It's called Wander Song. A wander with a w- uh, W-A, Wander, instead of Wonder. And uh, it is a very good uh, game. There's a particularly good twist at the end that I do not want to spoil, or spoil, spoil for any of our friends that may want to play this that I've never seen in a game before that I will tell Tess about off air okay because i know you won't play it (laughs) yeah i'm excited to hear about it yeah wander song is a thing that i'm loving can i ask you a question when you sing do you have to like 
remember like in what order you sing the notes is that part of the puzzle some of the puzzles are like simon type memory Uh games not a lot of them are so some of them are but even the ones that are it's usually three or four notes nothing more than that usually it's more of it's smart because it's such a simple mechanic right but they do it in a variety of ways so sometimes if you sing in a particular direction because it's on a circle it will cause something to happen like the wind to blow in that direction or if you sing a particular color because it's a color wheel things of that color will do certain things so it's not always memorization you know that's interesting it's really smart and i like a game too where it takes like one mechanic and they're like okay let's just play with this as much as possible or sometimes there was one stage where if you sing like if you're rotating the stick either clockwise or counter counterclockwise it speeds up or slows down time like in really like in different ways you know like i said the platforming and the, the mechanic of singing it's really good but the thing that made it the best in my opinion is the story and there's a there's a lot of where he says i'm just a guy and i don't know what i'm gonna do you know it is it is very good and there's where he's reached the end and you're like why is he still singing you know and it's so good are you gonna cry i I, don't know i'm not i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm not gonna cry but i'm just saying (laughs) i'm just saying it's a good game It kind of reminds me of a computer game I played when I was young called Loom. Have you ever heard of this game? I've heard of Loom. I've never played it though. In the game Loom, you are you're you're a magic like you're a spellcaster, and but the way that you cast spells is through music. And you in that game, you do have to remember like the notes and oh. the order in which you played them. That's why I was curious. Um, but. Uh, it's a puzzle game too. Like you're wandering around, and you know there's a guy who's like, "Help! The dragon is eating all my sheep. What can I do?" And so you try to think of like which spells you can cast because the the um, the story is that you're like the whole group of your spellcasters. They all cast a spell called transcendence, and they turn themselves into swans and they flew away. But you don't know that spell yet. You're still like a very young apprentice spellcaster. So as the game goes, you are gaining more spells and learning more. And the, the that's cool. The like the end game, the point of the game is for you to eventually learn transcendence, and then you can fly and be with your with your friends. But along the way, you have to learn, so you have to do all these different quests. And so, like, the dragon quest, you're, like, trying to figure out. Is this what we're trying to do? Yeah, you're trying to figure out, like, how can I stop the dragon? And you, um, the way that I did it, I don't know if there was another way in the game, but I turned all of the sheep green so that they... They um they blended in with the grass, so if the dragon was flying over, he wouldn't see. That's smart the, because you don't know many spells when you start off, so like you have to kind of work with you what know what got. you got. And uh, it was it's sort of like D and D sort of too. It was a very interesting game, and I was wondering if it was like probably the only game that I played that I actually remember. <laughs> that in Monkey Island, I remember. Monkey oh Island. yeah. Was this on the PC? You're playing on it was a, it was a computer yeah, game. Yeah. It was whoever made Monkey Island. They also made the game mm. Loom because I think I played Monkey Island and my dad was like, "Here's another game," and I played that one. <laughs> um, What's your second stuff? That my you're other stuff Loom? that I'm loving. No, I know. I wish I should go back and try to find that game. Um, I uh, I just read a couple books that I just want to talk to you about. So I've inserted them into my stuff that I'm loving. <laughs> That's acceptable. I would like to suggest them to you. The first book. Me yes, or the listeners? you and the listeners. Okay. We talk a lot on the show about the magicians. 
and how much we love Lev Grossman's trilogy, The Magicians. And yes. you're just taking a moment. I'm just to thinking about think about it. the magicians. And we've I think we've discussed how one of the reasons we like that book is because it takes this idea that like magic already exists in the world, you just didn't know it. Yes. Which is what Harry Potter's based on, which is a lot of, you know, um, but I just I love any media that does that. Like like oh, it's actually magical. You just didn't know. Take a second look. Yeah. Right. You missed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that idea. I love the idea that the world could be a more fantastic place than we realize it is. And in um, these two books, uh, that is that idea is uh, is present. The first one is called The Night Circus by Aaron Morgenstern. Um, I think that you would really like this book. It's about, essentially, it's about a lot of things, but essentially there are two dueling magicians. And the way that they duel one another is that they train another magician in their school of magic, and then those magicians fight each other. Um, And uh, so (laughs) they're really just, I guess, manipulating young magic users and pinning them against each other. I think Amanda's read this and told me I would really like it, I think. It was... I think she has. I think it was a very good book. I... I I judge a book whether I, I think it's a good book. I judge it with like um, by how much do I really want to go back and and find out what happens. You know yeah. what I mean? Because sometimes you're reading a book and it's just like, well, you know, next time I pick that up, that's fine. Yeah. Or I should finish this book because I yeah, started exactly. It. Yeah. Like, well, I'm halfway through. I might as well just power through. But like some books, you are left thinking about like all the time that you can't read it you're thinking about like gosh i wonder what's happening in that book i gotta get back to it and that i i had that thought many times about this book i just wanted to keep reading and find out what happened and there's a there's a romance in the book there's mystery in the book and uh i just thought it was really good and i think you would really like it night circus the night circus which cool. features a circus that's only open at night i like that that's yeah. a really cool idea yeah actually um and then the other book that I thought you might like is, um, have you heard of this book called Every Heart a Doorway? No, I haven't heard this one. Okay, it's either Every Heart a Doorway or Every Heart is a Doorway. Um, And it's by uh, Shannon McGuire. I'm probably butchering that name. But in this book, you know the idea that you might open a door and you thought it was just like the door to your pantry, but it opens on to like a secret world. Like Alice in Wonderland or Chronicles of Narnia. In this book, it's like that happens to people all of the time. Oh, that's cool. Um, And the ones that come back are forever changed by this experience. And uh, they need like very intensive therapy, (laughs) essentially, to reintegrate themselves back into the, the real world from whatever world they went to, the portal into another world that they went into. Um, and so it takes place at this, your main character is this girl, Nancy, and the, the world that she visited was, I believe is called the Halls of the Dead. Um, Ooh, sounds charming. Yeah. but she, It's a sandals resort, right? But she had a great time there. In fact, it, she, it started to feel more like home to her than 
than our world. So when she finds herself back in the real world, she has a very hard time reintegrating. And so she's sent to the school where she meets other people who have gone through this experience. And um, this is another story where there's like a lot of mystery going on also. And you're learning about the different worlds that people had been to. And uh, it's very interesting, but I love that idea of, um, you know, it, it could happen to you. Yeah. You might open a door and end up in another world and you you might get sent back and and everyone will think you're insane, right? Like you can't tell people like there's one person who went to basically like a world made of candy and like oh, Candyland. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And like, can you imagine if your daughter came to you one day and was like, I just spent years in a world made of candy. When they come back out, they're the same age that they went in, right? Like some Narnia. of them. Yeah. Some of them. And some of them, it works differently. They sound like real... I So, <laughs> so it was very interesting. because sound the, cool. Because the author has made up her own world. She's not using... Some of them are inspired by things that we will be familiar with. But she's not using like Wonderland, for instance. Yeah. Or, or Narnia. But... Um, uh, I, it was very, very interesting, and it's a, it's like the start of a series, uh, the Wayward Children series, because uh, she has other books about other children. Who, are those books other out people. already? Yes, there's three that are out right now. I think, but I think she has more planned. Okay, I'll have um, to check. It. Well, yeah, I, I was actually thinking um, that I'll have to check those out because I've been actually looking to get into a nice, a nice book. Yeah, so, is Night I've Circus on... standalone? Night Circus. Night Circus is standalone. Okay. And you could totally read Every Heart a Doorway as a standalone. It okay. doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Um, but there are more books if you enjoy that universe that she created. There are more books about that, like that idea. Uh, and uh, I thought they were really good. I've been on a roll lately finding like really awesome books. That's like, good. you know, sometimes you get into like a funk where you're like, nothing I'm reading is really capturing my attention. But lately, it's like everything I read, I'm like, oh, let me read this. I don't have time to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a stuff that I've been loving. Some pretty cool books that hopefully Mr. Eric and our listeners will look up at their local library. I think libraries. I'll definitely check out Night Circus because I think that's been recommended by several people at this point. Yeah. Usually they go, you like magicians, right? You know, like that. Yeah, uh, I, it's been recommended to me a bunch of times too. And I uh, I finally uh, sat down to read it because uh, uh, my good friend, Miss Judy, um, she told me that I would like it. You know what I just thought about? Because we're, and maybe this is a production talk we can have on the cast, <laughs> is now that, like, if, and now soon I'm going to be a neighbor of yours, right? Yeah, that's yeah, true. You know, waking Brett up every morning by saying Moist Boys. <laughs> I, I figure maybe we'll have time to do that third cast. Oh, where we read the magicians? Where we read the magicians. Oh, my God, Eric. And what I would propose is that we that we, we do it um, chapter by chapter is what we would do. Nice. And there are other magicians podcasts out there. But they're all the show. Yeah. I don't think there's any that are just the book. So just an idea. Yeah, you know? future podcast. We have to guys. come up with a good name. So, <laughs> um, do you have any tales, tales from the, the library? Tales. <laughs> Tales from the library, tales from the library. Read some books, read some books. We also have online resources.
know why. I just why? like throwing why? off your rhythm. I think it's so funny. Uh, I do- Anyways, this is the Tales from the Library <laughs> segment where we tell tales from the libraries that we work Yeah, in. we include it in our podcast because boy, oh boy. Do we love the library? We sure do love we that do. library. I mean, all joking aside, if if every book is a, a a window or a mirror, I mean that's the key to same team, y'all. Right? Nice. In the second era. Bringing it in. Oh yeah. What's Aaron. your tale? Oh, oh you want oh. me to go? Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, you go. You want me to go? Okay. Yeah. Um, my tale is that um, just this past week we did a program at the library called Pause to Read. Yes. And what, mm-hmm. what this ta- this uh, program entailed was um, uh, uh, a a partner group in our community called Pets on Wheels, which uh, sounds like the pets have wheels, but they don't. Like they they're get, robot dogs. Yeah, they get into cars and they come to you. They should call pets in things that have wheels <laughs> is what the original name should have been. And they come to the library and then kids who are... Uh, want to practice their reading skills, mm-hmm. which is, can be hard if you're a kid and you uh, are learning to read and you, um, because it's it's one thing to read and it's another thing to read out loud. And if you need practice. Well, it can be really embarrassing too. Yeah. Like you, doing something new in front of anyone can be embarrassing, even when you're a little kid. But you know, you know? it's not embarrassing reading to a dog. Not at all. Dog dogs, judge you at all. Dog's going to be happy no matter what. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Pets on Wheels arrived at my library to do pause to read, and surprisingly, they brought a cat with them. Well, cats have paws. I cats guess that counts. Have that counts. I was I was very much stereotyping this program, thinking that there was. Just I didn't realize be dogs. there were. I didn't realize there were cats. Too. There are cats. And are we sure brought, it was a part of the program and it didn't sneak in? They somehow? brought a cat, and his name was Joseph. And I tell you, I'm not really much of a cat. I'm definitely more of a dog person. No, I don't want to be that guy. Well, I'm literally not a <laughs> cat person because I'm allergic to cats. So I, I could not be a cat person even if I wanted to be. I'm also you know? allergic to cats. Are you really? I am. I'm, well, I'm also allergic to dogs, but I live with one anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm less allergic to dogs than I am of cats. Uh, something about their dander, I guess. But I got to say this cat. Was awesome. He yeah. was really cool. Now, the dogs were very awesome, too. We had a dog named Max and another dog named Callie, and they were great. Um, but I was very surprised by the reaction kids had to the cat because the kids would come in, and I did not realize there was going to be a cat there. Um, but I thought, this is great. This is like, you know, some, some kids like dogs. Some kids like cats. This will be awesome. And so the kids would come in, and I would say – oh, who do you want to read to? Do you want to read to a dog or do you want to read to a cat? Thinking that most of the kids would pick dog. A lot of the kids were very excited to read to the cat. Yeah? Yeah, all of the boys. They want to read to cats. Every boy that came to the program that night chose the cat. They wanted to read the cat, which, again, I feel like I'm stereotyping, but I feel like... boys like dog? Is that a thing that people think? I feel like girls tend to be more cat, like crazy cat lady, you know? Oh, I guess there isn't a crazy cat man. And I feel like dogs are kind of more associated with men because, you know, they're kind of more outgoing and I don't know. I don't know, but like, it surprised me that all of the boys wanted to read to the cat and that, and just at the 
cat was so popular. And this cat was amazing. Because, you know, like, I think the stereotype about cats are that they, like, all hate us. Like, that, you know, they only live with <laughs> they, us. They secretly want to murder us. Yeah, that they only live with us because we feed them and stuff. You know, like, there is a yeah. stereotype about cats that they're not very social animals. This cat was, he was being pet. He was, like, rolling around on the ground with the kids. He was awesome. That's nice. And, um, but the whole program was great. And, like I said, the dogs were really great, too. Of course, the dogs were great. And uh, all of the kids had a great time and practicing their reading. And it just turned out to be a really awesome program. And I was, like, a little bummed because some people who registered didn't come. But then because of that, there were some kids who were just in the library That's that okay. night. Yeah. And they were looking and they were like, why you got a dog in there? And I'm like, well, you could go read to them if you want. And they were like, yeah. And so I got I got to accommodate a few walk-ins because of the kids who didn't re- the kids who registered and didn't show up. So that was cool. Um, so uh, yeah, that's my tale from the library. Uh, literal tale. Literal. literal there, there are tales wagon in the library. <laughs> the we had they came to our library too, mm-hmm. and we didn't have a cat, but we had a young boy who came by and he requested the biggest dog we've got is what he asked for. <laughs> Did you have a big dog? We had two toy poodles. <laughs> And um, I wish I remember the third dog, but it wasn't a big one. It was a medium yeah. dog. And I said, well, out of these three, you're probably going to want to go with this medium one. And, what was it? I know I'm not going to – a terrier or something yeah. like that. And I was like, well, we you know. Had, there, was a, there was a dog. I don't know what kind of dog she was, but she was a very, like, furry, fluffy – Almost like a collie, husky kind of looking dog. Oh, she was cute. really pretty. And then we had, an, uh, that was Callie. And then there was Max, who he looked kind of like a little Bichon Frise. He was oh. like a little white fluff ball. Mm, Bichon Frise. I had yeah. that for breakfast this morning <laughs> with my coffee. I had a little Bichon Frise. <laughs> he was really cute, too. They were all great. Very cool. The... um. I recently was invited. So, so to set the stage for our listeners, as Tess and I are, are librarians um, at two different libraries, mm-hmm. but within the same library system. Yes. Uh, so we work in the St. Mary's County library system. Up north, we've got Calvert County. And then off to the side, we've got Calvert County. Two and different. Charles County. Up north, we've got Charles. Did I say Calvert yeah. twice? Yeah. Charles and then Calvert. And um, anyway, Calvert County invited me to be a judge for their cosplay contest. Oh, cool. For their uh, library uh, Comic-Con event. So uh, if we have any legacy listeners uh, listening today, we have our own Comic-Con that we do called Lexicon. And um, theirs is called Uncanny-Con is what they call. And they had me and they had someone from Charles County, Mr. Bill, we were just talking Mm -hmm. about, um, come down to be guest judges for their cosplay contest. And I thought it was great. It's interesting, though, because our program we set to kind of be like an all-ages one day we try to have something for really little kids. Like we have a obstacle course for for kids, a superhero training academy. We have trivia and we have all kinds of stuff for like older up to adults to kids. Theirs is just a teen event. So it's really interesting. Okay. And they separate it out over three days too. So like on Thursday thir- – no, on Friday they had – no, no, sorry. On Thursday, they had like an author Skype in. It was like actually the writer for Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which awesome. is a great get. And I think they had trivia. And then on Friday, they had the cosplay contest. And then on Saturday, they had like a game tournament. So they spread it out over three days. But uh, it was really interesting seeing how another county does their stuff. Um, but I think the thing why I'm sharing it is because I think it's very easy to say something like uh, even 
if you're a librarian, you probably know this, but if you're not a librarian, you could probably find examples of this that kind of fit your field. Um, oh, that's Charles County. We're St. Mary's County, right? Uh-huh. Like that's how that library runs. That's how this library runs. But really, at the end of the day, within reason, don't all libraries pretty much have the same mission for the mm-hmm. most part, right? You know? And so it was really nice to have – I've been talking with Bill uh, who works up at Charles County and our, our friends at Calvert County, uh, Miss Meg – and Mr. Nathan, who run their cons prospectively, and we've been trying to get a little bit of a little bit of synergy going on a bit, where they came to our con yes. last time uh, to help out, and they had a table to promote theirs, and we're, we're trying to hoping to get a little bit more a little bit more love going on between the counties, so I that like we can that. yeah, we wanna uh, we wanna at least have a website where we can have all three cons on the same page. And we want to have, because right now Bill and I were there helping out like pro bono, right? On the side. We would like to get to a point where we can use actual hours helping out on another county's thing because it's, Especially if we're promoting our yeah. our thing. So we're trying to work it's on like that. like an outreach. The dream, the pie in the sky idea, which I know is a while <laughs> out. The pie in the sky idea is we all have our own library comic cons. Ours is Lexicon. Charles's is called C4. And theirs is called Uncanny. We would love to have one big ol', one big Ooh. tri-county con where we can pull all of our contacts and our resources. And I think that might be a while away. But at the very least, we have a shared site. Or not a, a site, I guess a shared Google site, where a shared drive, where we're sharing all of our contacts that we've made, at least. So we're sharing our contacts and any um, forms that we've made for our programs to make it a little bit easier on each other. So uh, it's just really nice to get a little bit of a little bit of a cross county loving going on in our in our library system. And, and and their event was very nice. It was very awesome. And and fun fact of the day, the person who won our cosplay contest, number one for first place. Was the same person who won Calvert County. Wow. So did they wear the same costume? It was the same exact oh. costume. But I mean it was a killer. They dressed as uh, Link from The Legend of Zelda and also came with a they brought an ocarina, which is like a small oh, flute cool. that they played. So I was like heads and I mean <laughs> I, I couldn't disagree with the decision. So if she if she makes it to Charles County's con in the summer, oh my god, she could have a total sweep. Three Pete, she can have a three uh, a total sweep. But yeah, it, it was it's just always fun. I, I like being able to help out uh, in other library branches, like even in our system and other systems too. And uh, it's just it's a lot of fun. And, and all the like I said, it was mostly teens. So all the teens that came really dug it. It was it was a lot of fun. So That's oh, very and I made a contact for our lexicon too because there was a young there was a young woman there that knew a lot about cosplaying. And I was like, would you mind saying what you just said, but in front of a group of people at my con? And she was like, yeah, totally. I'll be interested. So uh, it was really nice uh, for that too. Nice. So, mm-hmm. Eric. Tess. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm the one who's supposed to ask you. Tess, do you have any life lessons for us today? Sure. Did you learn a life lesson this week? I did. That's great. Let's talk about it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for throwing you off your game. You're just like staring at me. (laughs) (laughs) You love to mess with people. It's funny though. It makes me laugh. Um, What's your life lesson, Miss Tess? 
if it's a life lesson so much. It's just something I wanted to, a vision for the future that I'd love to share with you're, our you're, audience. You're holding something in your hand. I'm holding this card. Okay, so something that happened in the past fortnight is uh, we had midterm elections, which I have mixed feelings about you know mixed mixed term elections we don't want to get super political on our podcast so we won't but i will just say i just have uh you know it's a it can be a trying time yeah when when uh uh, opinions are high and also the voicing of the opinions is is a lot and um there's a lot of like I don't know. Encouraging people to vote, which is great, uh, because, you know, if it's important to you and you want people to do it, that's great. But there's also kind of like some, I feel like there's some shaming involved. Like, if you don't vote, you're a piece of trash. I think at one time, (laughs) P. Diddy told me... If I didn't vote, I would die. I think that's literally what P. Diddy told me. I think you're right, actually. Vote or die. Vote or die was the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I I just have mixed feelings about. Like on the one on the one hand, I'm all about civic engagement. That's great. On the other hand, I'm like I don't know if we really need to shove it in everybody's face. Like, yeah. ooh, look at me! I voted. I'm the best. Here's a You're sticker. not that great. And then people ask, like, did you vote? Did you, did you vote? vote? Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like well, no, I, I was I was feeding my child actually. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or my or lunch even, break. Or even if I did vote, I don't necessarily want to talk to you about it because are you going to ask me who I voted for? Because then we're really not going to have a conversation. And that's something that you shouldn't. That's up to you if you exactly. want to share. Exactly. If I want to share, yeah. that's one thing. If you're asking me to share, you know, I don't know. I got mixed feelings about elections. At the end of the day, it's just another source that could be another source of shaming for people. Yes. You know, and we're I all. Feel, that's what I'm saying. That's exactly is like, what I it is. I feel like it's meant to be a good thing. And I feel like sometimes it just comes off and, as this really bad and thing. And I don't think we're saying voting is not important. In fact, in, in our last episode, when I was talking about things that are important and things that aren't and, and things that you can make changes probably one of the few ways we do have a say is through how it's we vote voting, having yeah. said that we should treat everyone with respect and regardless of what they do no one should be shamed for anything right that's Cra- how, crazy thoughts that's how we feel that's anyway. how we, that's exactly how we feel so um i picked this up at a kfc because um, i was feeling stressed out about election and i decided to go eat some chicken but i picked did this- it work <laughs> You know, temporarily you know my, it did. Which, you know what my go-to? You know, we just said, welcome to the KFC. It's KFCast. Uh, fat, fat story time. What, what's your favorite KFC thing? Well, I don't. Well, I like two piece and a biscuit. It used to it used to be a bunch of chicken, but I don't eat meat anymore. Oh, right. So now That's I know true. this is weird, right? So yeah. I um, I go to the KFC. What does the vegetarian eat This is your KFC? If you're a vegetarian and you still want to eat your emotions, you can certainly <laughs> do it. I go to a KFC slash Taco Bell and I get a big old cup of potato wedges. No animals killed there and I could just kill my own arteries. And I get a big uh, uh, cheese quesadilla. No chicken, please. Just put the cheese right in my veins. And and uh, Taco Bell, uh, Nacho Bell Grande. Without any meat, Without so any that meat. that's my go-to. That yeah, good. yeah. What's your yeah. go-to, Miss Tess? Uh, like I said, I like. Well, I do at the at the KFC Taco Bell um, uh, uh, combo. I find what you're saying is so interesting to me because often I feel. Uh, pressure to choose either KFC or Taco Bell. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. uh, did you notice? I'm saying to you, you all, even both. when it comes to both, I make you sure. You can I'm do like- both. And this is like quite a revelation to me. I think next time I'm going to, maybe I'll try that. Because like, if I'm doing KFC, I'll do the two piece and a biscuit. And my go-to side is mac and cheese. Um, if I'm go- if I'm going to 
Uh, Taco Bell, you know, I just very simple at Taco Bell. I like to get a bean burrito, vegetarian oh, friendly. Totally friendly. There you yeah, go, yeah. sir. Uh, and I also like to get a small drink because I like the Baja Blast Mountain Dew. Oh, so I have a, you, th- I get, you can only get it at Taco this Bell. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I've got a list here. So I've got this bite. <laughs> I've got this little. I got this little spiral notebook here, and I, I keep. Uh, list of things that either is this all the places you can emotionally eat? No, this oh, is this oh, is not. Okay. I'm not going that direction. But this is things that I'm either grateful, things that I wish, things that I want to tell someone that I'm grateful for them. So I have on here. Um, I enjoy the composer Philip Glass. I, I he's such a huge deal, but I've never told him that. So I have here on a list. One day I will, and I don't want to just tweet at him. I want to write something really nice to tell him. Thank you so much. I've got a couple other things on here, uh, including the creators of Wander Song. I want to tell them that they did a great job. Uh, the writer for a book called Zen and Gone, and on here, Taco Bell, really nice employees. I don't know. <laughs> I, you know what? I, I know. always have good service. When yeah, I go yeah. There. They they were really nice, and I, I just I realized I have never gone back to that. I don't know which employee, but I can at least tell them that you know, just let you guys know, let the manager know, everyone's doing a great job over there. So. Anyways, yeah, I went there up? to eat chicken, but I picked up this card there, and I found this so fascinating. And I, it's like, like I said, this is a view, a vision for the future. I think that I think that elections, if they went this way, I would be really pleased. And what it is, it's it's a candidate scorecard, which is, um, so it is a. Uh, Mind if I take a yeah, look? Yeah, there. Well, let me read off to you real quick. There's a there's a nonpartisan community group of five Republicans and five Democrats. And they got together and they scored each of the candidates using um, various resources, interviews, uh, forums that they've done. Um, and then uh, and then they, they gave them a score uh, from one to 10, 10 being they really care about this issue and one being like they don't care about this issue, or zero, excuse me, zero being they don't care about this issue at all. Um, and then they just, they do it, just by the issues. They just picked several issues that they felt people would be interested in. And so they've got the issues out here. And then um, on the front of the card, they just, they've just listed the names of the candidates and then their scores based on this, this nonpartisan so, group. So if you of, have a particular topic that you're passionate about. Yeah. And that's like your main driving force to decide. Exactly. You can kind of use that. That's really exactly. interesting. And then they just give them a score based on this. What and was I it thought, doing at KFC? Did they have like a... Uh, uh, <laughs> Did it come? It was was it under the nachos? Like you you move the cheese and you're like, what is this secret? I guess underneath there it? was a stack of them there. I guess this nonpartisan is... community group was just trying to get out this information to people before they voted. Um, this is how these um, these candidates rate on these issues. And the thing is, the candidates their party is not listed. That's so good. It's just the name of the candidate and how they felt about and how they scored on all the issues. Almost as if they're individuals. Exactly. Yeah. And And not just a color. I love this. I love that the group was nonpartisan and that they've presented the um, they've presented the candidates without any parties. So like, you, it, it's not like you could sit there and be like, "Well, I'm only gonna vote for Republicans." Uh, what would you, what you'd have to do is you'd have to say, "Well, what am I most passionate about in my community? What do I really want the candidates? What kind of work do I want them to do?" This and is then, the the keep Calvert County grow responsibility. 
is These a non-partisan the- community group. Yeah, yeah. And then they, so interesting. they chose, I thought it was interesting the different issues they chose too. Like one of them was that we not become Waldorf. I saw that. Which, I, um, I kind of had like a... <laughs> which you would think is, that's kind of a negative towards the town of Waldorf. But I, yeah. I sort of, what they mean is that they want the, um, they want the town to grow responsibly i yeah. guess um and not just uh become kind of a sprawl and not just like businesses and stuff yeah like, yeah built civic mindedly yeah and that um everything is super attractive i don't know if you've noticed this about our neighboring county this is from calvert county um they're uh they're very lots of things are very pretty over there like even the mcdonald's and the yeah. burger king are like a lot prettier than any other burger king was this a kfc to. over in calvert that yeah yeah out? that's where i picked this yeah up. you know i went to my kfc i didn't get any political information <laughs> at all i actually exclusively get all news of politics from kfc so I was, every time i go there i'm always like hey can i uh can i have a, a nacho bel grande without any meat and uh have you heard any good news lately? Uh, what's, uh, what's going on with politics what's today? The world today? <laughs> That's right. That's um, right. But I just, I love this uh, candidate scorecard. I just thought it presented a uh, a exciting um, possible future in voting where you just vote based on issues and not political parties. Well, uh, what it is, and we talk a lot about this on the show, that we all have our biases, right? Yeah. And um, I think when you're watching a person or you're seeing them talk, or you heard that they had this opinion, like it's hard not to let that color it, right? Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that's actually really smart. You know, I think I think that's... Uh, um, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I do think to not mention the midterm elections would be a weird weird thing to do for this podcast. And I, I should also mention, too, if we have any, like, listeners, and you ever wonder why we don't explicitly discuss politics, like our beliefs this way or that way, is that... Like, we want to make sure everyone's on the same team. And even if you don't share our beliefs, that's perfectly fine. But I feel that if we did dive deep into, po- like, you know what I mean, our opinions, then I think, once again, like, we talk about biases, that could color anyone's opinions um, that may not, anyone that doesn't share our opinions, that may color their opinion of our cast, yeah. right? You know? So it's almost like we exist because of politics, but we don't exist to discuss politics, if that makes sense, right? That, that's it. In that's a exactly it. Yeah. And in fact, if anything, we exist to not discuss politics. <laughs> not a, not that you shouldn't, but this is not the place for it. Yeah. This is a this is a uh, this is a, a beautiful bubble, <laughs> a, be- a, be- a beautiful bubble where we discuss about expanding our uh, our our ring of compassion. You know. So, <laughs> excellent life lesson, Mustache. Thank you. Sir. I think that counts. You were sharing uh, something, a uh, uh, vision for the future. Yeah. Would you like to wrap up this cast with a positivity party? Let's do it. I put my shoe back on. Oh, oh, you took your shoe off. I took my shoe off and now I put my shoe back on. Welcome to the Positivity Party. It's how we like to wrap up each and every one of our episodes by thinking about something that we are thankful for and something that we love about ourselves. What's something you're thankful for, Miss Tess? Oh, I didn't think of anything. Um... Oh, <laughs> what? I'm thankful for KFC? Yeah. <laughs> that is an acceptable answer. Are you thankful for the colonel? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I'll say um, I'm, on a, I'm in, on a new experimental drug. Um, that's, that's pretty exciting. Um, hopefully it helps my chronic pain condition. Um, so I'll be thankful for clinical trials where I can get drugs 
for free that costs $600 a month. Very nice. That's something <laughs> to be thankful for. <laughs> What's something you're grateful for? Uh, recently, I, I don't get sick very often, but recently I was very sick. Oh, and yeah, Amanda was sick, and I was sick, and Freya was sick. We just had sick people. We're swimming in sick people. <laughs> um, so the thing I'm thankful for is all the days that I'm not sick. Nice. You guys ever think about that? Yeah, uh, I like that. Yeah. What is something that you are thankful for, my friendly listeners? That you don't think about the days that you're sick until you've been Thank sick you. for like several days. I mean, days in we a row. really don't, you know? We really don't think about like all that when you're, yeah, when you've been sick several days in a row, you think about, boy, things were so much better yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I always think about like all of the food that I want to eat, but like that I don't feel like eating when I'm sick. <laughs> so when I'm not sick, I'm like, yay, I can eat food again. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. I want to eat without worrying. Am I going to vomit it up? Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Hey, Eric, what's something you like about yourself? Uh, something I like about myself is I generally want to make people happy, right? That's why we've got this podcast, right? You know, and not to say that when you're happy, when you are happy or positive, that doesn't mean you're putting your head in the sand, no. right? You can certainly, just because we choose not to discuss politics in this cast, doesn't mean you can't still listen to them, you still can't discuss them with your friends, but I choose to everyone to be happy, you know? Um, and that's something I like about myself. Nice. I um, also forgot something. <laughs> Total, I'm pro- I love that when I ask you what you love <laughs> about yourself, you look around your room <laughs> Like, there's something hanging on the wall that says... I guess I'll say I like that I think about things. Like, when we were talking about uh, that retro wave music, I could just say, I like this music. It has a good beat and I can dance to it. But I uh, I thought very deeply about the era of the 1980s and why people well, would feel nostalgic for it. Yeah. And uh, that's just kind of something I do on the regular. Sometimes it does not always serve me because sometimes I get into like a negative thought spiral where I just like can't stop thinking about things and, and then later I realize those things don't matter that much. Um, but uh, yeah, I think about things. I try, I, I try to understand. Very cool. That's something to really love about yourself. So listeners, why don't you say something really quick that you like about yourself? I like that about As you, As always, a phenomenal answer. <laughs> uh, you guys have been listening to Same Team Y'all. This has been episode number... Oh, crap. Sorry. 41? 41! Woo-hoo! But don't give me a high five, girl. That's, yeah. something, that's something you can love about yourself. <laughs> I can count. <laughs> uh, my name's Eric. My name is Tess. And if you've enjoyed this cast, please consider uh, subscribing and reviewing or liking us on whatever that you're listening to us on. We would appreciate it. Our email is sameteamyall at gmail.com. If you ever like to send us an email to something you're loving or anything under the sun, really, we would love to hear from you. And what's our Twitter handle? It's at sameteamyall. Yeah. And we should preface this. We've started saying this recently. We'll always say, if you don't want to be on social media, no pressure. No. If you just happen to be on Twitter and you happen to want to stop on by... You can. If you're not, good for you. We post a lot of, like, positive messages and a lot of, like, memes and mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, like, funny videos and Yeah, stuff. usually I post videos of my daughter, Freya. Uh, also, usually 
um, tweeting at people of things. That's why I have that list of uh, oh, uh -huh. things that I appreciate. I usually, if they've got a Twitter handle, tweet at them under the same team y'all handle, like, uh, you know, Chipotle, thanks for great customer service, that kind of situation, you know? <laughs> I was just um, gonna say, thanks for great burritos. Thanks, thanks for great burritos. They have, I have tweeted at them and they've responded back to me Man, before. Man, that Chipotle veggie burrito is like, there's none other. You, you know what I'm talking about though, yeah. right? The sofritas, yeah. right? Oh, Have you had it before? No. Oh. Wait, what's sofritas? Yeah. What's that? It's their, it's their, it's a tofu, <gasps> it's a meat replacement. I have not had the meat replacement. What? When I go, I get a veggie burrito, but I just don't put any meat in it. I didn't even realize Tess, that it was like. Tess, you go to Chipotle. Yeah. And, and you, get the you know how they, they have the steak, they've got the chicken, the barbacoa. Sofritas, girl. Sofritas. If you look up there, <laughs> there's a little parentheses V next to Sofritas. Vegetarian, girl. It is amazing. Oh, man. I want to try that out. Thanks so much <laughs> for listening to our podcast. We appreciate each and every one of you. And as always, be the change you wish to see in this world. Bye. If I find my wallet, I'll say, let's go to Chipotle right now. <laughs> And if I didn't have to go home and like try to straighten up before this uh, house showing. <laughs>